Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Very Small Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Charles, along with me, as always, my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, and good friend of mine, Jacob Gloth. How are you doing today, Jacob? That's a bit of a stretch. I don't know if I'd use that word. Okay. How about podcast acquaintance? Yeah, that sounds good Okay, podcast acquaintance of mine, Jacob Gloth. Are you ready to pitch a brand new televisual series for our listeners and ourselves to imagine? No, Come I'm on. not, because it's your turn. It is my turn. I am going. I am ready to pitch a whole new series, and I, I have to say, I'm pretty so. happy with this one so far. You know, I, I wrote. Uh, how would you describe it? Because you say uh, one page is uh, just one side of a page, and I say one page is one page front and back. So, so what would you say? Is one page just front? Would you say half a page, Charlie? I wouldn't. You're right. I wouldn't. Yeah. So I would off. say I have six pages written uh, for this yeah. for this episode, which is exciting for me. What, what kind of dumb statement is that? When you read a book, is the front and back of a page is that? No, but I regard my is own that work. Page? I regard my own two work on the, the with less back of the page, Charlie. Respect that I regard other. What people's about when work? you're writing a Google Doc, right? And it's on the internet. Yeah. Is every two pages one page? Uh, it depends on how you count it. <laughs> See, this is this is why this is um, why he hates me, folks. So yeah, this I, is why we're podcast acquaintances and not friends. That makes sense. All right, so this show, I, I it's called Corruption of the Innocent, and okay. uh, it is about a detective for superheroes. All right. So his, oh. he's he he works cases for superheroes who don't want to get the regular police involved. You know. Oh, so you know if you're like a, you know, you're not you're not Batman. You know, you're like somebody that you got the superpowers, but you don't really know. Yeah. The, how to find stuff. In case you're not like the a great detective, you can hire. You know, this guy, Detective Smoke, is his name. Uh, to solve the case for you. And the case could be a cheating uh, partner, to a murder, to, like, smuggling, anything, you know? He's the guy, all right? I'm going to give you a little bit of, of background on Detective Smoke. So, he is the former teen sidekick of a hero by the name of Malice, who is a uh, masked vigilante with no superpowers and a cape. Guess where I got the inspiration for that one? Uh, Green Arrow. Yeah. And he was kicked off of uh, Malice's team for undisclosed reasons as of right now. Oh. And he is cynical and knowledgeable, and he has a kindness in his soul that he tries to hide, you know, with a a demeanor of of anger and, you know, cynicism. Yeah. He, He works through he works towards a greater good but he does it without irreparably crippling uh goons that that's kind of the the big uh, uh conflict between malice and smoke is that malice he's he's kind of everything i think is bad about batman he's this absolutely amoral lunatic who won't kill anyone but he'll do pretty much anything else like he'll put you in a coma He'll, he'll crip you from the neck down, you know? He's that kind of a guy. And Smoke is like, we don't need to do that. We're trained well enough that we don't Batman's need to. Batman's not like that. Yeah, but some versions of Batman about. are kind of crazy like that. And so he is currently working out of a small Bodunk office above a villain hideout called Sinner's End. It's basically just like above? a buff. 
Yeah, above. So he hangs out above the hideout. Yes. It's okay. a it's a bar, and he has the second floor is his How apartment. How does he have this? Like, don't they know who he is? Yeah, because the villains and the heroes don't, you know, they don't fuck with him. Because he kind of works for the villains, too. If the villains need help with something, they'll hire him. You know, so he's kind ah, of, he's okay. a neutral ground situation. Mm, so, like, this, this place is like, uh... It's like the Continental in John Wick. You exactly. Know, no one's going no to kill there. anyone inside of uh, Detective Smoke's detective agency for detectives. And he has a working relationship with an extra-dimensional uh, imp uh, known as Gorak-6, oh. who has been trapped on Earth with uh, far-reduced powers and is currently working as his secretary. All right? So that's kind of the setup. Detective Smoke, uh, he's he's a detective for superhero, super-powered individuals, and he has a secretary who, are, who is Goraxis, who is a, a little, I actually, a pre-dimensional imp. He was, he was around before this dimension, and he was just oh. shot out into this one. And he's been trapped on Earth with far-reduced powers, and so he's working as his secretary. And Detective Smoke does have a superpower which sets him apart from every other sidekick that Malice has ever taken on. Any uh, other... something lame, like he can see light where it used to be? Well, no, I wanted to take a, a trope of classic detective noir fiction and turn it on his head. Yeah. So, you know how detectives in those noir movies, they're always smoking, right? And so... That's the same is true for Detective Smoke, but he's able to control the smoke with his mind, kind of like Magneto. Oh, so he's a smoke. He can control smoke. So if he's smoking a cigarette, he can like he can take the smoke big, you know, into a sword mist and like like a smoke bomb. Oh, he can make a sword. He can make a sword. Like he can turn uh, the smoke in. You know, he affects the molecules to make it harder. You know, or softer, whatever. You know. Oh, that's cool. it's it's like a. It's a Green cool Lantern power. sort of thing where he can make, like, you know, objects that he wants to. Exactly. Smoke. And he can, like, make yeah, a gun cup. and it shoots a bullet that's also made out of smoke. But if it, like, leaves his, you know, sight, if the bullet, like, go, you know, he fires the bullet and it goes past where he can see it, the bullet just turns back into smoke. You know, he has a range at which his powers are effective. But he has powers, which makes him very unique in the League of Sparrows. Which is Malice's, you know, uh, uh, League of Sparrows team fighting uh, teen okay. sidekick league. He's a Malice is a grizzled superhero with an enormous family of children turned crime fighters, and also a founding member of the WBO, the World <laughs> Betterment Organization. Going straight into the parody, I see. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit of parody. It's a little bit of... A little bit of parody? Are you, you kidding? Right? I mean, the Batman one's probably the closest, but, uh, to the, the you know, any of the parodies. But I kind of want to do it, like, in, um, like, Invincible, right? Where there are obvious... Uh, Invincibles, all their characters have obvious parallels to, you know comic book classic comic book characters but they're different enough that they kind of become their own individual characters and i kind of want that with malice and the whole whole group of people in the show right okay so malice he's cruel he's mean and he's set in his ways right he's he's a real big prick 
this guy, and he has like 15 kids. All They're all sparrows, and they all work for him. And when they don't, when they finish working for him, they either, you know, retire, they die, or they continue being superheroes in their own rights, right? And so the last, last, last few characters that I'm going to introduce now are Eternal. She is an ancient alien who erupted from hibernation during the 1940s and has battled for mankind's benefit ever since. Okay. She, she is naive and often takes people at their world, word and is often preoccupied with world-ending events. You know? She's often dealing like Wonder with Wonder Woman. She is kind of a mixture of Wonder Woman and Superman. So okay. it's also going to be theorized that her crashing onto Earth was the comet that destroyed, that killed all the dinosaurs, right? Oof. So she is very, very old, but she's been in hibernation for a very long time, and then she was unearthed by the Nazis. And she was like, these guys ah. are bad news bears, and she went to help, you know? And then our final character... And she's, yeah, she's naive, but also she's not oh, you stupid. Know, it, cause the Nazi thing, if you wanted to, I don't know if you have something for this. Because mm-hmm. that's like, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't have like the sort of um, the good person origin that I'm assuming you want. You know what I mean? Because you found my Nazis and then they can manipulate you. Yeah. If you wanted to make, I don't know, this is just an idea that popped in my head as you said that. You could make it like that she was the Manhattan Project. Oh, that would be good. So she was discovered by the Allied powers. Mm-hmm. In New Mexico. So instead of the bomb, you know, they, they had, they found her. They found it. They found her in Mexico where the crater is. In, um, yeah. Yeah. Valley. That makes sense. All right. Let's change it. She wasn't found by the Nazis. She was found by the U.S. government and turned into a weapon against their enemies. Mm-hmm. But she's not. You have like some old Captain America style war films, you know. Exactly. But she's, you know, super, super powerful, like Superman levels of power. And she's yeah. naive, but not stupid. Like, I don't want this to be the kind of character where it's like in nineteen in Wonder Woman, you know, be like, she'd be like, what is this crazy invention? It's an escalator. Like, uh, Eternal is, like, savvy enough to be... You could have her, like, Captain America stupid, you know, where he's like, oh, this is cool. Star Wars. That sounds fun. But she's been around since the 40s. Right? She's oh, but just... she only got, like, you know, started existing then, so she had to get used to all this, yeah, all know, this culture. Yeah, and yeah. if she's been alive for that long, she probably still like likes that stuff. Maybe yeah, isn't probably. caught up to date on the pop on, culture on stuff. On all the likes Marvel to watch, movies. You know, silent movies and stuff. That would be pretty funny. Still working on reading Lord of the Rings. I'm still working on reading Lord of the Rings. Uh, but yeah, she, she's, she takes people at the word. She's trusting. I think that's the best word to describe her. She's trusting, you know, which is a good thing and a bad thing. And that's kind of the, the thesis statement of this whole show. Is that your your strengths are also your weaknesses. And then we have Dr. Collider, who is a normal man who, after falling into the Large Hadron Collider, gained enormous telekinetic powers and began fighting crime. But he has grown numb to the suffering of mankind. You know? And I imagine this guy, he's green, right? He wears, like, tattered, his tattered lab coat and stuff. You know, his, his scientist clothes, but they're all tattered and fucked up. He doesn't care. And he sits crisscross applesauce and, you know, with his, you know, hands crossed like he's meditating. And he just floats everywhere. Right? That's kind of his thing. Dr. Collider. And those are the three main trio of superheroes who all work together to create the WBO, the World Betterment Organization. 
And then our final, like, main character, who's not really gonna be in the show a whole lot, is Luster, who is Malice's first sidekick, beloved by all, and is kind of, you know, a Dick Grayson wannabe in a sort of Yeah, figured yeah. by that name. Yeah, Luster. Luster. I, I think that's a good superhero name. Because um, he's got luscious hair. He's that's got luscious hair, he's 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 lustful, he's all that stuff. And our final oh. character is Sparrow. The latest Sparrow, probably like Sparrow 16 or something, but we'll only call her Sparrow. And she's a very young woman who was recently in, uh, recruited into Malice's war on, con- on crime. She's innocent, kind, but tougher than she looks, and smart as a tech, right? And we're not, we're not really going to get into the backstories here. But the, what was the name of the be, show again? Uh, Corruption of the Innocent. Okay. Yeah, it's a reference to a book that came out. If you know anything about the history of comics, you know about the Comics Code Authority, which started after the releasing of a book called Corruption of the Innocent, which talked about how oh. bad comic books are for children. Yeah. So this they're bad for kids. They're bad for kids. Don't let your kids read them or they'll be gay. That was what yeah, the... Yeah, watch movies instead. <sighs> watch Clint Eastwood shoot some people. Yeah, he's never kissed a boy in his whole life. Clint Eastwood hasn't. And your kids won't either after watching all those movies of his. Probably. Who knows? Uh, so this is... I don't know. You might, you might see Clint Eastwood and be you know, like, things start melding now, in your mind. You yeah. Know? I, now I want to kiss a boy with no name. And a big poncho. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Go shoot some people. And shoot some yep. people. And be gay and kill people. That's, that's, that's what Clint Eastwood that's, taught me how to do. That's the dream. Yep. So this is a classic noir uh, story, right? Classic noir. So guess how it starts. He's in the smoky office, and a dame comes in. And she Actually, says, oh, I no. got a case. There's a murder. That's classic noir start. Yeah, I know, oh, but the yeah, well, that's the murder. You know, that, that's what happens, and then they're just trust- she's like, "Oh, there's a murder." He's like, "Oh, murder." I don't know if I do that anymore. Trust me, the the femme fatale. She comes later. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, this episode starts with Smoke sitting in his smoky office, as you predicted. You know, having a cigarette, shooting the shit with Gorgax, you know, just talking. And all of a sudden, an old grizzled man with a walking stick walks in. And, the, and oh. we find out that this man is Malice, out of costume, in his civilian clothing. And he begins talking to Smoke and, you know, like break... Like how old, you know? Like, like, like uh, 50s. George Clooney old? Okay. Yeah, like 50s. I would say he's like Batman played by George Clooney in That's The Dark Knight Returns. Do. Yes. That'd be sick actually. You should have George be, Clooney play him. That would be pretty sick. That that's awesome. I hadn't even thought about that. Yes, get George Clooney in. He plays it. Uh he plays Malice and he comes in and he starts talking to Smoke and there's obviously this pretty there's a a rift between them that's developed because of a bunch of different reasons, you know. And it's a father and son sort of relationship, but they both kind of hate each other, but also kind of miss each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he breaks the news to Smoke that Luster has been murdered, and he needs no. to find the murderer. Malice can't do it because he's too busy training all of his sparrows, you know? And we kind of get... He's old. Yeah, we, he's old, and we get the impression throughout the show that he doesn't really care all that much about the sidekicks he's like you you accepted the risks of you know doing this job you're you know if you die you die that's what happens 
And it's like, okay, fucking lunatic. Um, but he, you know, he wants someone to find the murderer, because Luster was the first, and he was arguably the best sparrow he ever had. Yep. And but he also wants to keep this 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 incident within the family. Wraps, gotcha. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. And he he begins. He did it. Exactly. No, I wish that would actually be. Uh, uh, it would be a worse twist, but it would be a twist. Uh, oh. And he starts by saying, you know, this is this, this is highly unregular, irregular. Because if he just died in a supervillain fight or something, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But he died in his bed asleep in his civilian clothing. Oh. So you need to find out whether or not this murder happened because he was a hero, you know, or it was just a random act of you violence. Know he was- luster or and you need to find out if the murderer knows the rest of their identities you know because that uh, that could mean that we're all in danger yeah um so it starts obviously uh smoke goes to his apartment he goes to luster's apartment and we get we, we can have a cool demonstration of his power he like has a cigarette he blows the smoke and he you know manipulates the smoke oh, in it order. shows like all the dust in the room or something like that yeah i mean and then so it, you can see like I don't know. He can use the smoke to, like, manipulate it and open the lock, right? Oh, that'd be cool. And he, he walks just in, clicks. and he just starts investigating. You can have you a know, cool shot. He, like, takes a big puff of the cigarette, blows it all into the lock, you know? Yeah, you and then you see him. Inside the lock. Look cool. Twirling his hand to do something, and then it opens, pops open. And he walks in, you know, pops a cigarette back in his mouth, you know, just walks in and starts looking around, doing some detective work. And he goes through, like, because this, this guy's basically his brother, you know? He's a strange brother, yeah. but they're still brothers. And so he's like, you know. Maybe got a picture together on the wall. Makes him sad. Mm-hmm. Makes him sad, but also he you probably, can, Maybe he turns it around so he doesn't have to see it because it makes him sad. That's you know a good mean? idea because he's they, – they're very strange because – little spoiler alert. Uh, Smoke highly disapproves of, of what Malice does. And he sees Luster, you know, staying on with him and helping him to train the sparrows as, you know, tantamount to child abuse. Like, this is not, okay, what you're doing. You need to stop it. You know, and that's where they kind of stop talking and, and it, the, the rift really forms there. But now this yeah, is years but he later. he still likes him, you know? Still yeah, of course. Him. He still loves him. They're brothers. And he investigates. He doesn't really find very much, you know, the, this guy's squeaky clean. He, he, he doesn't even have, you know any problems he doesn't even have any alcohol in his house he's that squeaky clean but he does find a matchbook for the cat scratch brothel or the the cat scratch lounge which is a brothel for supers it's like this is a building you know that has complete soundproofing right all of the people working there are like specialized in you know in doing superhero stuff Right, and it's also where superheroes go to have sex with other people, right? So they go there to have sex with superheroes, and they also go there to like have sex with you know somebody else, right? You get a flame person. Speaking of whom is coming up, you get a flame person. You get them in a flame retardant room, right? Something like that. You know, it's it's specialty equipment for specialty superhero sex. And so he gets there, and he, he starts asking around. You know, people recognize him because he's pretty well-known within the super community as being a former Sparrow-turned-private-eye, but he's also, like, a hard-nosed piece of shit. Like, people know that about him. 
and he reunites with his old people know him but he doesn't have a good reputation Ex- exactly I mean, he's a detective he's a noir detective so he's got he's that infamous kid. yeah and he uh What's the kids say he, re- he reunites with his old flame can you guess her name Barbara Gordon flame her name is flame and she's got flame powers She's always on fire. Because oh. where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's a whole thing, you know? I see. I get you. But she... Johnny Storm. She, she just, like, fucks with him. She starts mocking him, you know? And making oh, fun damn. of him and talking about how much better Luster was at, in bed. Because, turns like out... like relationship ended well. Yeah. Well, it turns out Luster had, and her had been dating for a few weeks. Um, but he Yo. broke he broke it off like two days before and she hasn't even heard that he's dead yet no one has besides Mouse. you know and smoke and so she's just like you know completely oblivious uh so he finds that out and he sees some people that he recognizes you know sees some suspicious activity some goons you know about and he he decides to leave you know he's gotten what little information he could today He'll go to sleep, you know, he'll finish a bottle of whiskey by himself because he's a drunk and go to sleep and start thinking about it tomorrow when he's hungover, nice and hungover. Uh, yeah. And as he's walking think, I, home... Maybe he thinks best when he's hungover. Yeah, that that'd could be, be a good... Be fun. That'd be a fun thing. So he has to get really drunk so he can... So he can it. solve the case. And so he, uh, he walks home, and as he's walking home, he is beset by a team of assassins. And so oh. he uses all of his like kung fu training he got from being a sparrow and his superpowers to uh, dispatch all these assassins, you know, rather easily. He doesn't kill him, um, but he, you know, knocks him out and does all the superhero stuff. And then he... uh, let me ask a quick question about his powers. Um, yeah. h- how messed up does it get? Does he just like you know make weapons, or is he like putting it inside their bodies he could, and like choking them from the inside? He could like put Vader. it inside of somebody's. Like I, I do have a scene in my head which will ha- be happening in episode six, uh, in which he blows smoke in somebody's face, and then like you know that scene in um, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End where Davy Jones like all his tentacles go inside a guy's mouth and nose and stuff, yeah, and, like crack his face be open. Like that. It'd be like that, but with smoke. That's cool. Yeah, okay. it it gets fucked up, but you know, at this mm-hmm. at the at the beginning of the show, it's not as fucked up. You know, it's kind he, of he blows some smoke in someone's face. You have cancer now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that episode of Harley Quinn. Yeah, exactly. That that good, good show. show that people like and I like also because it's funny. It sounds sarcastic when he said that, but he meant it. I do mean it. it. It's a good. good it's a good show. Um, but yeah, Anyways. and he finds on the assassins. He he searches them and he finds. Uh, uh, an order for Smoke's assassination made by Senator Roethlisberger. Dun dun dun. So you're like, what's he got to do? Damn, with is he a Pittsburgh Steeler? Yes. Uh, end of episode one, I should say. Episode two. Sm- it, this uh, this episode starts with Smoke sitting inside the Malice Dungeon, whatever you want to call it, the Batcave of this universe, and there's like fifteen sparrows around him, all doing training and stuff. And he is interviewing, okay. forward slash interrogating, Malice and all of his sparrows, trying to figure out, you know. Yeah, well, he said, here I have written, he interviews and interrogates Malice and his sparrows, determining them to be morally bankrupt, brainwashed fascists, but innocent of the crime. You know? 
Uh, yeah, he's probably maybe is he is he is he finding this like obvious or is it like you know he's gleaning into stuff because he has this uh biased view of what they're doing you know what i mean yeah he's kind of you know he this is gonna be determined throughout the show but smoke has a very big distrust of authority you know stemming back to his tragic backstory which we're not gonna get into here but you know okay. and malice thought he could you know use that the rebellious you know anger and forge it into a weapon for fighting for the system rather than against it but smoke you know he realized he's not he's not the same as malice he's not the same as luster he's not gonna he's not gonna fight for a system he knows to be corrupt just because it's better than the alternative right and so he kind of sees sparrows as you know just he sees them and this isn't exactly true within the universe but he kind of sees them as the next generation of of like hitler youth you know of these crazy brainwashed kids who've been like totally you know convinced that this violent you know fascistic method of keeping the peace is the only way to move forward he's like nah I don't so that's it. how he sees it because he has this sort of personal grudge you know he's got his own bias mixed in there yeah to hate it and that's, but they're not they're really trying to help people they right? are trying to help people and i would say that neither smoke or malice is a hundred percent right or a hundred percent wrong right the truth is somewhere in the middle right because it's weird okay. and a bad idea that he's fucking brainwashing these kids into punching criminals but also you need like some authority right to keep the world from falling apart so there there's the the truth is somewhere in the middle but uh and this this uh scene this part of the show is really only there to introduce sparrow the latest introduction and she is you know like i said brash and young and and smart and cunning you know and she's cool and i'm basing her kind of heavily off of kind of a mixture of carrie kelly and stephanie brown right she's got like yeah. long thick blonde hair and everything and she begins talking to him because she's the only one who's not really been conv- like she hasn't been fully you know convinced that malice's way is the only way to do it and so she starts talking to him and asking him questions that the other sparrows just would not have done because it's like we yeah. don't ask questions. Malice tells us what to do. He'll ask the questions. He's the detective. We're the, you know, we're his helpers. And she's asking him questions. So then she's like, "Why did you leave? You know, what's the thing?" And Sparrow, you know, he ta- or Smoke, he takes a, a puff of his cigarette. He looks at her, says, "Why don't you ask him? You know, and when and whatever he tells you, you come find me, and I'll tell you the truth, right?" And then he leaves. And then kind of the rest of the episode. Damn, what a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. Just but, tell her, you know. She, she asks you a question. You're going to make her ask this other dude now and then come back and ask if that was actually it or not. Yeah. He's a dick. But so is Malice. So it's, you know, fair. And so the rest of this episode is kind of Sparrow talking to Malice, talking to the other Sparrows, and, like, getting the backstory that they have on him, you know? And she and Malice's basic explanation of why uh, Smoke was fired was because he was too soft, you know. He 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 grew too compassionate for those on the wrong side of the law, right? He he was a he was a liability to himself and to you know the rest of the team. So I had to cut him loose, right? And that's that's what she's like. Okay, fair enough. That's that's fine. But that compassionate like caring person is not who just interrogated everyone 
like he's not that guy at all so it's like oh maybe that's not 100% what happened and so she decides to go find him and she's walking around and she walks through the city you know seeing all this stuff we watch superheroes fly up above it's a whole thing you know it's a little walking tour of this world and she gets there she gets to his detective agency and she you know has a nice conversation with Gorgax while he's sleeping off the 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 you know half a bottle of whiskey he drank he woke he wakes up goes out to talk to her and he explains that what actually happened is well malice is actually a billionaire believe it or not i know i know oh I where could thought. you think i kind of just assumed already and so smoke without malice's knowledge or you know approval sets up a fund to take care of all the people that that malice cripples you know he sets up a fund for like making sure that people with who get their arms and legs broken by malice don't go into bankruptcy because of the healthcare system right that was the big horrible offense that he did and malice says oh you you know it's a flashback sequence he says oh you're just go you know you care about these criminals you're soft you're weak you know all this stuff and he's like no i just don't think that our justice should bankrupt people right you shouldn't be bankrupted because we stopped you from you know robbing someone you're already going to you know jail you already got a broken arm you know all this stuff you shouldn't also you know be in debt for the rest of your life and so that's kind of where the uh the big rift comes but the rift was already building because smoke his his superpowers developed after he became a sparrow and so malice who we we we've introduced this at this point but he has kind of a hatred of superpowered individuals he sees them as a, a necessary evil for maintaining peace but he kind of sees them as less than human right and so as soon as sparrow's powers as soon as smoke's powers like demonstrate themselves he you know it's he's like hide it you know bury it deep all this stuff and so there's this sort of growing am- anonymity that erupts when uh, sparrow when smoke builds a, gets this fund going for all the broken and, and battered people that Malice deals with, right? And so he, fi- he gets fired and he starts his detective agency. And this episode ends, episode two ends with Flame walking in to uh, Smoke's detective agency in in tears, you know, in her big her big trench coat and her big floppy hat because it is a, det- a noir and she's the femme fatale. Uh, she walks in in tears and she's like, I just heard about Luster, you know? End of episode. Uh... Start of episode three, there she's you know in there having a conversation with uh, Smoke and Sparrow, and you know she's talking about him and talking about Luster and talking about all the strange things that have been happening. And she mentions that you know, oh yeah, I've seen Senator Roethlisberger, you know, recently. He sends his, he sent me his regards. I'm very, you know, I was appreciative and. Uh, Smoke is, like, suspicious again because Senator Roethlisberger is the one who sent those uh, assassins after him. So he's like, all right, you know, I'm going to do some recon on this Roethlisberger character. You know, thank you, Flame. If there's anything else you need, let me know. Call me, whatever. She give, He gives her, you know, his personal phone number or something like that, which he doesn't do for regular clients. And that's when, when she leaves, Sparrow is like, I'm going to help. You know, he may have been your brother, but he was my brother too. We do, like, a flashback to 
the her early training when Luster was taking care of her, and you know he he's a much softer individual than Malice, and he was like taking care of her, and making sure like you fall but you get you get back up, you know, and that sort of thing. And so she's like equally as emotionally invested in this in this case as Smoke, and he just kind of relents. He's like, fine, you can you know help me do recon, but. If there's any, you know, fighting that needs to happen, you leave it to me, all right? You're not ready for the field yet. That sort of thing. And so they go to Roethlisberger's, you know, mannerly estate, and uh, they just watch him for hours and hours, and he's just a morally upstanding family man, you know? That's, that's all they really see is him, like, helping his kids with their homework and, you know, mowing the grass and, like, helping his wife pick out... A new dining room table and all this stuff. Yeah. And then they're just about to leave when he gets in his car at about midnight and drives to a parking lot, right? In the middle of nowhere. And, uh... So, and and another car pulls up. There's a quick, you know, exchange of stuff, a, a little conversation. And then the other car leaves. But before it leaves, Smoke is able to place a small tracking device on it to keep an eye on it. And then he, like, Batman-style scares the shit out of the senator. Like, tears open the top of the car and, like, starts, like, yeah. talking to him. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Why'd you send a murdering, you know, a murder squad after me? What do you know about Luster's murder? And he's like, holy shit, you're still alive? Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I thought you were... I thought you were investigating me. And I was like, investigating you? Why would I investigate you? It's like, because of the affair I'm having at the Cat Scratch Lounge with another superheroine. You know? And, well, you know, it could be a superheroine that we've introduced before. I I haven't figured out who, which one. Um, but he's like, "Uh, well, now I know that you're having an affair, you piece of shit. And if you don't want your wife to know, you're going to give me access to all the CCTV cameras in the city. Oh, okay. And he uses those CCTV cameras to see who was the last person to go into Luster's apartment. And it was eternal. It's the last person to see him alive. And that's kind of the end of the episode. Is that is Sparrow and Smoke both looking at themselves like, Oh my god, what the fuck? Our Superman analog is the, only, is the last person to see him alive? Is she the murderer? end of episode three episode four smoke and uh what do you call it (laughs) uh smoke and sparrow go up to the wbo uh moon base oh no sorry that's a that's later uh smoke meets up with captain tide a supervillain who trades his ex-wife file for a tripit wait it's an entripium entripium that's what it's called. What? So Captain Tide is this supervillain, right? Who, gotcha. uh, whose ex-wife asked uh, Smoke to do some research on him, right? So Smoke has this whole file of Captain Tide's affair that he had. And so uh, Captain Tide's ex-wife, you know, is currently suing him for a bunch. And, they need, and she's going to use his affair as evidence in the court case and so Captain Tide buys the uh, evidence off of Smoke for 
a rare uh, element known as Entripium, which is Eternal's only weakness. I know. Ah. Where did I get all these ideas? And you'll have fun knowing, noticing that Eternal's weakness uh, comes from is Entripium, which comes from the word Entropy, which was the last name of the show oh that we did. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and after he gets this, you know, this evidence. Just waiting for you to all of a sudden be like, and then a space wizard comes out of nowhere, yeah, and wraps like, smoke, and says, we're going off to space, man. We're going to fight the end of do. time, and there's big monsters there. It's going to be rad. You're yep. going to deal with a cowboy from space. And so Smoke does this. He gets the element. He puts it in his desk, right, to make his life just a bit easier, you know, in case Eternal is the one who murdered. And... Who murdered Luster? And then he gets home, and his the full weight of his brother's death kind of like hits him for the first time, right? Like he he yeah. ends up going through a family, you know, a, a yearbook sort of situation, and looking at like his first year on the job, fighting crime, and Luster being there and helping him out, and you know, we get some flashbacks uh, and all. Maybe this it's stuff. like it's his birthday, right? Uh, yeah. And every year, Luster sends him something. Um. With something that you would like, sends him a cake, you know, yeah, or a pack of cigarettes, like something, something nice, a pack of cigarettes, right? And he had it like already sent, mm-hmm. and so um, it shows up, and that's what triggers the yeah. And so he gets status. super drunk in the middle of the day, like far too drunk to do anything, and that kind of just leaves Sparrow to do the last of the investigations, right? And so yeah. Sparrow begins interviewing. Like going around and interviewing all of Luster's friends from his various superhero outings. And everyone loves Luster. Luster was the bomb diggity. He was the coolest guy around. You know, he made everyone want to be a better hero, all this stuff. And the only person that keeps coming up as a potential enemy is Smoke. Smoke is the only person who ever had a problem with him. So this is when Sparrow starts to develop her theory that. Smoke actually is the murderer. And he's just, you know, playing Malice to figure it out. I like this. You could be intercutting between the two, like the scene where she's investigating and she thinks it's Smoke and Smoke being really sad that his brother's dead. Yeah, and we have a flashback and back and forth. Nice flashback and then we do like a bad flashback where they get into a big fight, you know, all this stuff. Could do a flashback one time where Luster like bails Smoke out of prison. Like, he's been in, you know, he got, you know, disorderly conduct or whatever, and he, uh, he bails him out. And it's like a whole thing. So this is kind of a flashback-heavy episode. Not a lot of fighting, but I hope to make up for that in the next two episodes. So, Sparrow, this is episode five, Sparrow suspects Smoke of the murder, but he is none the wiser. So, after sobering up... He invites her to go up to the WBO's moon headquarters to do a little bit of more investigation and interviewing, right? Because that's where Eternal lives. And she's shocked, right? She She's never been up there. Sparrows are not allowed to go up to the moon headquarters, right? That's for heroes only, not sidekicks, blah, blah, blah. But Smoke still has a working pass because, you know, he, he used to go up there all the time. Uh, so she gets there, he gets there, and, um, it's, we, it's, this is the big superhero, like, money shot of the show. It's like, there's tons and tons of superheroes, but it's kind of revealed through, like, background dialogue and background, you know, actions that these superheroes don't care about 
like, natural disasters or anything like that. They only care about doing, you know, things... They only care about helping people when it means there's someone for them to punch. There's, they're not really interested in, like, just doing good work. They're not interested in damage control or anything like that. They're only interested in, like, punching people, ki like, all the violence and the, uh, the fame that come along with those violences, right? And that sort of yeah. thing. And so, the, this is when they interview Eternal, right? And she just starts, you know, she tells the truth, right? She's just going over there to talk to Luster about, you know, uh, some important information, and it's revealed that Luster was going to ask Flame to marry him. And so that, and she, and he had, you know, Luster had talked to Eternal about, like, what to do, where could they get a nice enough stone, and she, like, went off to, like, some place in space to get, like, a crazy, super refined diamond for him, and all this stuff, you know? Like, Luster's a really good guy. And he also talks with Dr. Collider, who is weird? He's kind of a, a halfway mark between Dr. Manhattan and Superman, sort of. And he's very weird, but it's also obvious to Smoke, less so to Sparrow, but it's obvious to Smoke that they are talking around something. There is something big that, uh, that both Eternal and Dr. Collider are attempting not to mention, and, like, trying to avoid even, like, thinking about, right? And Smoke yeah. knows that this has something to do with the murder, right? So he is like, all right, Sparrow, I'm, this is your first assignment as my sidekick. You're going to download the contents of the database on the WBO Moon Headquarters. And she's like, well, how am I going to be able to do that? There's people watching the, these computers all the time. He's like, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to have a distraction, and so this is this is going to be the big fight of uh of the of the show, and this is Smoke okay. decides to pick a big or not the big fight of the show, big fight of the episode. He de decides to pick a fist fight with his old rival Max. It's M A X X X, right? And he gets his power from liquor. That's that's where he gets his super strength from. That's why yeah. it's X X X because that's what they have on the old liquor bottles. Um, I see. Yeah, so he decides to pick a fight with him, and it turns this big, like, station-wide brawl of all these of all these superheroes who are just right on the edge of, like, just constantly being crazy violent. You know, this is a little bit of a Kingdom Come thing, the, the DC comic Kingdom Come, where all these new superheroes are, like, crazy violent, and they don't give a shit about people at all, right? And that's, like, yeah. kind of the vibe I want to give... And they're, like, right on the edge, and they just need that little catalyst, that little spark to start this powder keg of, of violence. And so they, they all start battling. They st start kicking the shit out of each other. Somebody throws somebody through the window that, you know, is keeping space out. And so, like, people go flying out into space and all this stuff, and it's a whole thing. And while no. this is happening, uh, Smoke knocks out, spa uh, knocks out Max find Sparrow, and she has the information downloaded, and they escape. They, like, slip out the back, basically. But it's, you know, a moon... Uh, moon base, so they just teleport down to, uh, Earth. Yeah. And then it ends with them getting back to Smoke's, uh, Smoke's office, and decoding the, uh, the USB or whatever they got the information on, 
and looking at it, and then you can see them, like, as the, the screen illuminates, the it's the only light in the scene. Screen illuminates and start, like, displaying all this information. Both their faces drop, and they're just like, oh my god, what the fuck? This is crazy. You know? Cut to black. Boom. It's and everyone's like, what? What is it? I want to know. Yeah, exactly. Next episode? End, of the, end of episode five. Start of episode six, the final episode. And I'm imagining oh. episodes are roughly half an hour long, right? But mm-hmm. this episode is a full, is a whole hour, right? It's an extra, it's a double oh, feature. Oh, boy. Because there's a lot you going love when on. that happens. So, mm-hmm. this is... Our finale. Our finale. So, we find out that the thing that they found was a new anti-crime initiative created by Dr. Collider, right? Because he's a crazy, super smart scientist. And it's basically this enormous beam that they've built into the World uh, Betterment Organization that releases a supersonic, you know, sound that... How do I want to put this? It lobotomizes people into not feeling anti-authority sentiment, right? Into, yeah, not feeling anti-authority sentiment. So basically what Dr. Collider's plan is, is to turn the whole of humanity into very, you know, accepting, or not accepting, but like, they'll they'll do whatever you tell them. They're, they'll not resist. They won't, you know, complain or anything like that, right? Just lobotomizing them with this crazy technology, right? But it won't affect any superpowered individuals. So that's why... So it's like... So he's his sort of... He's like Thomas Hobbes, you know, like the philosopher. He's like all... No matter who the main authority is, you should follow them. Yeah, exactly. Regardless, because rebellion is always going to be worse. You should always have unaccountable um, obedience to... Yeah, uh, unaccountable obedience to me, Dr. Collider, because he's, you know... Oh, to him specifically, not... Well, he's... Because there's governments, right? Yeah, but he's lobotomizing all humanity, not just, you know, the populace, but everyone. So does it make them, you know, not want to rebel against, you know, they'll listen to him? They'll, is that what the idea? They'll like, listen, the to, him listen, they'll to, listen to him. just authority in general? They'll, well, just authority in general, but he is, you know, kind of been setting up this whole thing for the hu- the superheroes to take over okay. planet-wide authority, right? The World Better. So what the laser does is remove the, the will to resist. Yeah, you remember in Rick and Morty when Rick gets on the, um, on that on the plane right but they like inject him with something that makes him uh you know docile and and uh, yeah. anti-authority not having any anti-authority sentiment it's that but for the whole of humanity right and malice okay. obviously they didn't tell malice because he's the only non-superhero member of the world betterment organization right oh and batman so doesn't know batman doesn't know Superman and or Lester. Superwoman and Doctor Manhattan do know because they're fucking crazy. But Doctor oh Manhattan, yeah, is this injustice? But Eternal, <laughs> right? DC she comic. Eternal. I think it depends on how dark you want to get it because we can have Doctor Collider having been, you know, because he's a crazy telekinetic Doctor Manhattan level of power. So we could have yeah. it so he's, you know, altering her brain chemistry in such a way. That she will not, she will listen to what he says, right? She's this very docile character to him, right? Yeah. 
it, you gotta, she, she, so he's manipulating her into agreeing. Yeah, exactly. And so okay. this is... You could have something like, you know, maybe he has like... Uh, because she, she has the weakness of like kryptonite, whatever mm-hmm. name word is, trepidite or whatever. Entrepium. Entrepium. You know, you got multiple colors of kryptonite in DC comics. You could have a different color that uh, yeah. he's using to help control her. And Maybe way. she's like, it put it in her brain, right? And yeah. so she doesn't or maybe, remember. okay, okay, I'm going going all out here. Mm-hmm. Um, he found this rock that, that makes her like this, right? Mm-hmm. Makes her um, not resistant to authority, and he's the authority, right? Yeah. And they use that same rock to make this beam. Yeah, that's that good. I like that. That is smart. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so... I don't know if that messes up any of your No, ideas, it doesn't, because... Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, so... So Smoke is like, I have to go confront them because they're going to use this beam, like, today or whatever, soon. And so yeah. we see him grab the Entripium from his his uh, desk and put it in his back pocket, right? And he said, Sparrow, go back to Malice, tell him what you found, he'll know what to do from there, right? And so she, you know, reluctantly at first, because she wants to go up and help him fight the supervillains, but he's like, no, yeah. you need to go to malice and you know get his help right and so, so even though he has a strained relationship with malice he knows that he's like the only person that can really help him with this mm-hmm. and so okay. after finding out all, all this stuff smoke goes up to uh goes back up to the world betterment organization mood headquarters right and he confronts the true killer dr collider who had used his telekinetic powers to shapeshift into uh eternal in order to go inside and murder Luster, because he, because Luster oh, was the okay. only other person, the only you know, other person who knew about his plan, and so that's why he broke off ties with Flame and everything because he knew that if he revealed this plan or tried to put a stop to it, he would most likely end up dead, and he didn't want her to end up dead too. I see. And so he goes up there, and he was. Uh, and he starts having a fist fight, right, with with the with the superheroes, and that's when we kind of get a, a huge demonstration of really truly how powerful Smoke is, because you know maybe something's yeah. on fire and he's able to like choke out like six superheroes at once, but then Eternal just busts through and starts like beating the he shit. Should go full Darth Vader with it, like he should be like holding his hand like Vader to choke him. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very cool. I want I want I want the hallway scene in Rogue. Uh... Rogue One, mm-hmm. but with uh, Smoke, where he's like, he like chokes like six superheroes at once. Yeah, and then he's... You know, because he's always been holding himself back, because he's always about not hurting people that much, but, you know, this time he's cutting loose. Yeah, ma- for the but first he's time. still not killing, right? That I want it to be very much, okay. he's not killed anyone yet. And so he's having this big fight, right, with him, and he's about to lose, you know. He, he's getting his ass kicked, because there's one of him and 60 of them. But then we revealed... Guess who's in the main uh, headquarters of the WBO's Moon Quarters uh, security system? That's right. Gorgax has taken over the security measures. Oh yeah, and he's turned all these guns on the on the on the dudes, and he's just blowing them away, like you know, non-lethal rounds or whatever. Uh, just yeah. like electrocuting them and all this stuff, and then that's when Eternal just like busts through and starts like beating the shit out of him, and he's really getting the shit beat out of him. And that's, he reaches into his back pocket and stabs her right in the side with the entrepium. And that 
causes oh. a negative feedback loop between the little bit of the crystal that's in her brain being used to control her and the atripium in her side, and it, like, yeah. explodes both of them. And so she becomes, like, she gets knocked out, but she's no longer, you know, under Dr. Collider's control. She's no control. spell. Nice. But okay. there's, you know, the superheroes but by this point have destroyed the security measures and all this stuff. And that's when Malice and about fucking 16 sparrows show up with all their anti-superhero equipment that Malice has been, you know, hoarding. Yeah. And they just, it's like this all-out war. And Dr. Collider and Smoker having it out, you know, they're beating the shit out of each other. And this is the scene, finally, when Smoke just gives in to his inner, you know, anger. And he he does what I was describing earlier, where he blows the smoke in, in Dr. Collider's face and then crushes every, like, inch of his skull into one, like, yeah. tiny, like, a, a fist-sized shape, you know? Liquidizes the inside mm-hmm. of his brain. This is the first life he's ever taken. And he's like... It's, yeah, it's like the scene at the end of Man of Steel. Exactly. But he's like, it's done. You know, do we're done. Do we don't have to fight anymore. You've lost, right? And that's when Malice and all the Sparrows are putting the, the, the superheroes in custody, right? And, they, and that's when Smokey calls up... Not he, he doesn't call up the UN specifically, but he gets on, on the line with the UN, and he describes what's going on, and he gets down to the like headquarters in New York and he shows them all the documentation and everything he's got it all printed out and all the stuff and he makes his case and they're like well obviously the World Betterment Organization has been detrimental to the World Betterment that they claimed so much to be a part of so that's not good but you can't tell the world that their heroes are villains the superheroes are bad and that's when it's revealed like all the heroes that Malice had arrested are like being released, you know? And that it's like we can't have the world thinking that their heroes are actually just power hungry lunatics. Like the the beautiful lie is what keeps us, you know, keeps us from from insanity. And so yeah. it's like a whole thing and Smoke is completely and utterly shocked and appalled by this decision. And he's also forced to sign an NDA or else flame and Sparrow, the two people he actually cares about, would be, you know, turned into wanted fugitives. And he can't, he can't, you know... The UN is revealed to be just as evil as Dr. Collider, right? They're, they're like, see. we have to keep the the peace, no matter what, right? And so he signs the NDA, he gets a fat, you know, sum of money also. And he's like, fine. You know, and days pass, you know... And he's sitting, and the whole time he's just sitting at his desk, you know, drinking. Quietly drinking. You know, looking at that pack of cigarettes that uh, Luster sent him. It's just sitting on his desk, and he's just looking at it, drinking. And and this happens for weeks. And suddenly, one day, it's pitch black out, and the only light in the room is coming off of his laptop. And then we look down at the laptop, and it's the file containing the evil plan for Dr. Collider... Right. Also with the uh, uh, video of him stopping him. Ooh, right. Are you Rorschachin this? And he's s- hits send on the email, and it's sent to every single major uh, news publication worldwide. Damn. And he's and it's like this guy's now a fugitive from the law and everything. And that's 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 credits. 
and the House of the Rising Sun plays. That's that's by the song that plays. The animals or someone else? No, by the animals. It's a lot of, a lot of people. A lot of people that did that song. Yeah, the, Bob Dylan did that song. Yeah, I know he did. It's good. But by the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And there's actually going to be a season two of this. Oh, like a, what's the idea for season two? Um, well, the idea for season two is he's going to be a supervillain. Like he, it's going to be his rise from just like this no-name fugitive, or just like this, you know is super adjacent fugitive to being like a Lex Luthor, Ra's al Ghul style like leader of a huge international crime syndicate right? Dedicated yeah. towards taking down those in authority because he's seen what good passes for, you know? The UN yeah. passes for good and if that's what passes for good, well then I guess I am evil you know? So that's kind of the uh, that's the idea and I'm working on season two I, I when I say that I mean I'm going to be pitching a season two at some point in the future. Oh, I'm excited! Yeah, damn, I like it. So that's that's the end of the show. Um, can I suggest a, a a touching moment? Yeah, let's see it. Let's hear it. Okay, so um, after you know the whole UN thing happens, right? And uh, Smoke's all sad and stuff, and he's like drinking in his office alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have Malice come in and just like not even say a word, just sit down next to him. And drink with him. Yeah, you know, he pours himself like, a just drink. Just be there, you know. That would be nice. And uh, you kind of got like a Rorschach ending with like the you know sending it to the the media right to expose it. Mm-hmm. But that that's you know doesn't he's now going to flame and uh, um, Sparrow are now you know in trouble because of that. Yeah. Right? Well, that's that's where season two is going to pick up with Flame and Sparrow reluctantly reluctant or Sparrow is happy to join uh, his supervillain cause because she also knows everything that happened, but Flame is kind of yeah. more reluctant, but she eventually does join him because she's being hunted by the government. And she mm-hmm. finds out that it was because he sent out this information she's being hunted by the government, so she's, you know, pissed off at him. But it's, you know, that's character stuff for season two. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's the corruption of Venice. The corruption of the innocent. Corruption of the innocents. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. I don't love the title. I like the reference. I was. But I feel like it doesn't really hit the uh, superhero. You're right. I was thinking smoking idea. kills. Um, that was going to be the secondary title. <laughs> smoking kills. House of malice. House of malice. That's not actually. That's not bad at all. Let's change it. It's House of Malice now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought of it when we were talking, but I do like the the, the connection you in there. So maybe you could call an episode that, yeah, or something. Maybe we could call the episode the, the title. You know, the title's got to speak superhero. It's got to speak the genre that it is. You know what I mean? You're right. Because corruption of the innocence makes me think this is like a drama. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought we were gonna get some like you know some rough child backstories. I mean, he does. But have... I mean, I guess there might be hidden underneath there. Like you know, I'm thinking like you know modern non you know realistic yeah. child drama no that i mean not, uh, he does super. have a very smoke does have a very fucked up backstory that is also very modern and topical but that we'll get into that in season two season two okay season two okay. there's that's when we're gonna do house of malice house i like malice. i like that i like I like the idea for the show it's fun yeah um I like how you got these parodies i like the villain didn't see it coming well, mainly because I didn't know who the character was until you said. Yeah. 
Doc- later. Dr. Collider, man. That's, that's cool. I like Dr. Collider. Eve? like the power. Power's really cool, the smoke stuff. Yeah. I thought... You could have a lot of cool shots with that. that. That was one of the things that I was, like, pretty happy with, was the idea of the power. You know? Mm-hmm. Because, well, like, yeah. Magneto is a great idea for a superpower, but nobody ever does it with anything besides metal. You know? Yeah. You should do it with more stuff. Yeah. Like smoke or it's chocolate. It gives him a reason to smoke cigarettes, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's doing it so he constantly has the... He needs the, to constantly be on guard. Source near him. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's like how, like, some fire superheroes have, like, lighters with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I've been your host, Charles, along with me, as always, has been my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, and podcasting acquaintance, Jacob Cloth. Yep. If you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, please give us a like, a follow, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, tell your cat. Follow us on YouTube, on Spotify, on anywhere where podcasts are given away. Because we don't even sell this. We couldn't sell this. No one would fucking buy it. But, you know. I think my mom would buy it. Yeah, well, that's nice. Supportive. That's nice. My mom wouldn't buy it. My mom would be like... She probably would. Mm. She might buy one. She wouldn't... I, my mom would probably only buy one, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Thanks, everyone. Yep. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, Bye.